Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our podcast today uh, at Life Wealth, which is an update on coronavirus and the impact on markets and uh, how governments around the world and central banks are taking action. Um, joining me today is James Vandaloo. Good morning, Jason. And obviously, I am Jason Harwood, CEO of Life Wealth. So let's uh, crack right in, James. Um, obviously, it's been a uh, pretty tumultuous night in the US in particular. It sure has been. Let's be honest, it's been a tumultuous fortnight. Really, things uh, started getting out of control last Friday in the US, and we're at a situation now where panic has set in in markets, and they're effectively broken and dislocated. So when you have everybody running for the exit at the same time and nobody on on the other side, the market doesn't work. Supply and demand mechanisms broken. So, um, yeah, at the moment we're in full blown panic mode. Yeah, and I was I was just going to say exactly what you said. I mean, this is this is fundamental economics, isn't it? Supply and demand. If there's no one to buy, the market keeps dropping down it to a point where someone will go, yeah, I'll actually buy on that basis. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the problem the problem is at the moment the fundamentals have been thrown out the window mm-hmm. uh, with with fear and just the momentum of the volume. So uh, that's the dislocation that's that's there at the moment. The, the positive is I don't think it lasts very long, but in the short term, there is no real rational way to predict what happens in the short term. We're in full panic mode. So. Um, you know, our view is you almost got to think that the market's effectively closed in the mm. short term. Mm. Don't worry about the market. It's not telling you anything relevant whatsoever uh, about the underlying assets that are traded. Uh, it's in fear mode. I think that's a really good way to talk about it as well. So um, from there, let's jump into, I guess, um, some some thoughts and, um, you know, some, some position on I guess the the responses from governments around the world and central banks. Obviously, Australia is is incredibly relevant to us. Um, the US and I guess the reaction of the market in the last three days to their to their response as well. So let's talk about government and central bank responses. Absolutely, as we as we know, we've had a shock. You know, the virus has caused a shock. It's gotten to that worse a case where it's become a global event, not contained to Asia. So we knew there was going to be supply chain disruptions and a slowing of economic activity. Uh, we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. What the feds need to do is provide confidence to the markets and the people that they are able to provide a liquidity bridge over this period where the economy is dislocated. So far, they haven't been able to, to demonstrate that clearly and give the market confidence. That's why it's still panicking. In all honesty, I've actually been positively surprised what's been coming out of Australia. I think their response has been really good. Yes. Um, uh, $17 billion over the next few months, that's a serious amount. The RBA is all over it. Um, so I'm actually really confident Australia is on top of it. Uh, as we know with global markets, what happens in Australia doesn't matter. Mm. It's what's happening in the US. And... The market is not confident at all in the response from Trump and the US. Mm. Um, I believe they will get there, right? They, their political system is dumb. They dither. They muck around. They aren't decisive. As of this morning, 
no one knows what Trump's stimulus is going to be. They know what will come, but what it is, how how much, where, uh, until that gets into the market, there's going to be no confidence of us actually building this bridge. That, that's a great point, and I think it's really um – uh, instructive if we think back. It's a long time ago now. It doesn't feel like it, but 12 years to the GFC. Um, the reality is that they kept making, you know, the US political system, they were trying to find solutions, trying to find solutions, but the way it works, it was that dithering that you talked about. Well, back then it was the TARP facility and it would get knocked down by Congress and the other side of politics didn't want it to go through and we knew what needed to be done the drama, they almost made it like a movie. Exactly right. And in fact, there's been any number of movies come out after that. It's, it kind of runs like a Hallmark Channel uh, uh, show, doesn't it? But, but you know, the other thing that informs us around that, and we've been talking about it, you know, for the last couple of weeks, um, there is one thing above everything else that markets don't like. They can handle bad news. They can handle bad reports. And the market tends to look, you know, further out into the future when they get those things. There's one thing markets do not like, and it's uncertainty. And right now, they have nothing but uncertainty. Correct. Um, and on the back of that, they've, they've they've just spun out. Now, it's actually quite rational if you think about it that in the short term, no one really knows. You value equities on a P price to earnings ratio. The E in the in the very short term is very uncertain. Yes. So the feds have to be really decisive in letting people know, don't worry about the E in the six months. We're going to pump businesses full of liquidity to get them through. Yes. We want you to think 18 months, two years again, longer term, which is what you do when you're buying an asset like an equity. And if you look over that bridge... That's actually looking better than it was a few months ago mm, because interest yes. rates are lower. There is going to be QE. There's going to be stimulus everywhere. And there's not going to be many alternatives to get a return. So I know people might be thinking I'm a broken record here, but I still believe if that bridge can be successfully built, and I, and I think they're onto it, they just need to be able to communicate it and make the people believe the outlook is pretty good over the medium term and things will come whooshing back very, very quickly. And it's one of the first things we learn as financial advisors and investment advisors, um, and with all the reading we do, markets are driven by fear and greed. That, that's, that's where we're at. And so it's this, this confidence, which is this bridge that you're talking about. It's as much about confidence as it is anything else. That's all it's about at the moment. No one's looking at the underlying business and saying, this is a good one, this is a bad one. It's just we don't want any of them because equities go down when there's a potential recession. That's what we're looking at. In terms of a recession, do I think we're going to have a technical recession? I do. Mm. I, I, I do. So it's gotten to that global level. Yes. I think it'll be the quickest mm. and sharpest recovery for a recession we've ever seen. Mm. Now, Australia, it's been so long since we've had one. Um, well, it's been a generation. That, that, that's right. But our older clients will, will remember it mm. and they'll remember unemployment got to about 11% yes. in Australia. Right now, un unemployment is um, around about five, and I think it might creep up to six. The RBA's target is three to four. So yes. it's not going to go to 11, mm. and, um, and the RBA wants it lower. That means they've got a hell of a lot of work to do in terms of stimulus, 
QE, um, very aggressive monetary policy, and we know the fiscal policies here. All we need is for the US to communicate their strategy to give the market confidence, and then we'll get some stabilisation here. So um, that's where we're at at the moment. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, we, we will talk a little bit further into this podcast around what we're doing about portfolios and certainly some of the conversations we're having, which are client-led as well, because I, I think that is pretty informative as well. Um, it, it is not necessarily what a lot of our listeners would think um, from, from, from clients and their view on where the market is now and what they want to do, but we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, let's, let's change tack a little bit here for the moment. Let's talk about the virus itself. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in, in, in the modern environment, um, the one thing no one lacks is information. It's just about the quality of information that we're, we're, we're consuming. So let's talk about the virus itself and, and I guess where we're at with that. Yeah, so, so clearly when we spoke a few weeks ago, we said the worst case scenario is it gets to the US and it starts spreading there. That's what's happened. Yes. Uh, yesterday you've had the NBA season suspended, mm. had travel uh, banned to Europe. And um, so here we are. We've got that panic now of it's in the US. The truth is I think there are actually some some good moves to s- slow the spread of the virus. So in time, they'll actually have proven to be the right thing to do, albeit they probably should have gone earlier mm. and uh, maybe it wouldn't have been there. So... Um, so that's why you've got the fear. Mm. It, it's it's there and it's affecting the biggest economy in the world. From my end, I'm I'm actually talking to uh, people in the pharmaceutical industry and trying to work out what this looks like and how long it might last. And to be honest, the conversations I'm having are quite positive. Mm. So uh, Gilead has an antiviral drug in testing at the moment. It's human testing, I think. Human testing in China. So they're in Wuhan at the moment. And so far, it appears the results are actually really, really positive. And most importantly, it eases the symptoms and stops the shedding. Yes. Now, that means that will that will really help contain the spread of this thing once that drug gets to market. Um, final human trials should be completed by April. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be too long after that. Um, where that drug starts getting dis- distributed. Yes. So that's not too far away. That's We're talking months, not six months, 12 months. Now, that's not a vaccine. That's an antiviral drug. Exactly right. To stop things getting worse yes. and minimise symptoms. And whilst um, it may take a little bit of time to get you know broadly distributed, what that also does, thinking back about markets, it gives a level of certainty. It does. Mm. Absolutely. And remember, the market will, won't bottom... Once things starting to get better, the market will bottom. Once things aren't getting any worse, that's right. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to won't be able to exactly pick that. Of course, but um, that's how it works. Now, in terms of a vaccine, there are twenty of the best labs in the world, absolutely all over it at the moment. Um, will it be here in three months? No, um, but are they all over it in terms of thinking it can be done and a reasonable time frame is. 12 months, maybe a little bit less? Absolutely. And I've been asking, what do they think this thing looks like in that environment once you do have a vaccine? And what the feedback I'm getting is once you've got antivirals and a vaccine, 
then this thing will look like the normal flu. Yes. Um, it's not going away. It's it's going to no, be, that's right. it's going to be part of our life, just mm. like influenza is. Yes. Um, but the death rates will be very low, and the real reason that um, they're so worried about the spread of it at the moment is so 81% of cases don't have symptoms. Mm-hmm. So you get a cold. But there's 10 to 15, which it hits you really hard and yes. you end up in an ICU. Mm-hmm. That's too much. It crushes the system. That's right. The systems can't deal with that at that, that level of infection with, or serious infection. With serious. those drugs, yes. that will be gone. Mm. And, um, and it'll look very much like influenza. So we can see light at the end of the tunnel um, from the pharmaceutical companies. That's one positive, but we've got a little bit more pain to go through before we get there. I think that's a fair call. I mean, I'll go back to the policies of the states. I agree with you. Um, good to see them taking definitive action. Um, agree. Um, I think the second shoe hasn't dropped. Um, as is, this is my view, um, personal view. Um, I, I don't think they've got the mitigation stage of it quite right yet. You know, you're seeing a lot of press around where they're not testing at the appropriate level, so they don't have a real understanding of how far this thing is spread. That's the next stage, mitigation. And, um, you know, one of the clear things about that is social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see that with the NBA being uh, postponed and a few other things starting to happen. I think that shoe of we, we need to mitigate this now. Prevention, we can only do so much. It's time to, to take those mitigating uh, mitigating actions. Correct. Yeah. That's scaring the market. The market's yes. saying, well, the economy is going to slow. That's right. But that's actually going to help that's get right. us through to the drugs arrive. Exactly right. And the other thing about that, if you, if you see the data in the countries where they've mitigated it really effectively, Taiwan is a really great example if you think about how much traffic passes between China and uh, Taiwan on a daily basis. And Wuhan post, um, you know, the closing down of that, the, the rate of growth and spread actually drops really sharply. Um, and Taiwan's done a really great job of doing it. So, so in effect, we have the answers there to uh, mitigate it, even without um, vaccines and antivirals. You throw those on there as well. There is actually a clear pathway to get this under control. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And that is why I still don't believe it's going to be a long event. But what's crucial is the liquidity bridge is built so that equity markets can start functioning more normally and the corporate credit market can stay open for businesses over the next few months. Yes, excellent. Once we get through that, then uh, then we can look at offense. And so it, on that on that economic outlook uh, point of view, I guess to, to some degree you've touched on that through through the different topics we've covered throughout the podcast. Is there anything else you want to add from an economic outlook point of view before we talk about what we're doing around portfolios and the conversations we're having with clients? Um, yeah, sure. So uh, as you can imagine, all I'm doing on the at the moment is one talking to our clients. And two, talking to economists and the financial elite about what they think and is their view changing? Because clearly, as I I wrote to clients earlier this week, three weeks ago at a conference, spending two days talking about coronavirus, the market reaction was absolutely on almost none of their... uh, it was considerations, yeah, yeah, exactly. Consideration. So, yeah. um, other than one gentleman who I, I call him a perma bear, it's yes. every year it's yes. going to be the end of the world. So yes. he, he warned of it again. Yes, 
but the more balanced commentators just didn't see the market reacting like this, yes. even though they knew the economy was going to be very, very weak in the first sure. half. Yes. So they're still not changing their view, right? The only caveat on that is they need to make sure the central banks and governments have our back to get us through the next few months. If we can do that and the damage isn't done, I think the back end of the year is going to be massive in terms of both growth as everything comes back online with all the stimulus that's created. And I think you're going to see the biggest market reaction we've ever seen. As we've seen this shocking move straight down so quickly, um, I think it will turn the other way very quickly once um, once people can see that um, that change. I understand what you're saying. And, and even living through the GFC, you know, at, at the time, in the moment, it genuinely feels, whilst market reactions, you know, have some similarities, and it's 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 really obvious that uh, you know journalists and commentators would would link the two. It genuinely feels different from a share market point of view, and um, I guess uh, fiscal and economic weapons point of view than it did during the GFC. It feels different to that right now. Well, absolutely. This is not a systemic issue. That's right. Right? It has the potential to become one Agreed. if the feds don't provide liquidity in the short term. Mm. But they understand that. So that's why we've got confidence it won't. Um, the markets are bending under the pressure, but the liquidity is coming. So we think they can hold it to get us through, but you're going to get very, very quick V. That didn't happen in uh, 2008. And if you think about it, in the US... People have lost 60% of their home value. Yes. Unemployment went through the roof. So there was nothing to come back to work through. Mm. As long as we get this liquidity bridge, most of the jobs are going to be there when they come back. As yes. I said, Australia, I think it creeps up a little, mm-hmm. but nothing like those long, deep recessions. And then with zero rates and lots of stimulus, people will be going back to work quickly and we're going to get on with things pretty quickly. Yes, I understand. Um, do you want to move on to talk about uh, what, what Life Wealth is doing, what our plan is, how we're working with portfolios at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we didn't imagine the drawdown in the equity market would be this mm-hmm. this quick, this fast. Uh, it is in panic mode, so it could get worse. Do we know where the bottom is in the short term? Absolutely. We have no idea um, because it's purely sentiment-driven at the moment and, and, and panic. So as I've said... With 95% of our clients, we just think they need to hold firm on that equity position, ignore it, think the market's closed because it effectively is. I really like that way of thinking about it. You know, it, it's consider the market closed and, uh, you know, we, we, we will get through this period of time and we will look where we are at some point in the future. There are assets in portfolios that have held up really well. Mm. So the bonds and the fixed income, all the money has run there. So they're actually printing positives returns and capital gains at mm-hmm. the moment. Yes. So most clients will have a reasonable allocation there. Mm-hmm. And the longer duration assets, even if they're listed on equity markets like ARITs and infrastructure, mm-hmm. yes, they're off because people are gone for liquidity. Of course, yes. But if the market's off 25, they're off 10. Yes. So what we are actually thinking about is when we feel the bottoms in for our clients to make the rotation, reduce exposure to those things and load up on the things that will take the spring ride back up. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to make 
uh, if you if you look at it, a V move in markets over a year and net positive. So we're not panicking. Um, obviously, equities is hurting all of us at the moment. Of course. Um, we believe they're going to ro- roll back really, really quickly. So we want to make sure we're on the right indexes or the right sector exposures when that happened to really kick charge that bounce and take advantage of it. So you've got to play a long game here. We're not going to go too early because you can be made to look silly, but that is what we're thinking about at the moment because, as we've talked about, we know good news is coming. It's still a little while off. It's coming, and when it does, we want to be ready to make sure we take advantage of it and turn a horrible, horrible event uh, into something we can look back on and say, well, we that we actually use that to reweight our allocation to the right growth assets on the bounce so that our medium and longer term returns look quite satisfactory when we look back post the event. And I genuinely believe we can do that. Which is really great to hear. So, so I think that's a, a point that we can segue to. You know, the most common conversation or question we've been asked by clients, um, yourself, myself, all the advisors across Life Wealth over the last two weeks has been, should we go now? Should we put more money in now? Is this the chance to buy on the dip and, and you know, really take the upside, you know, take advantage of the upside? We've been really cautious about that. And I think that's been well, um, a, a really sound strategy if you take the last three days on markets, because if we had gone in early, we would have we would have been hit by that downturn in markets. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. On the, on the whole, as a client base, I've actually been really, really proud of our of our client group, most of the conversations I've been having with clients have actually been really, really positive despite the fact it's a really stressful time at the moment and, and markets aren't, aren't going to plan. So most of it has actually been thinking a little bit further ahead. We know equity markets haven't been cheap for quite some time because of the interest rate environment and a long bull market, and and they are actually sensing the opportunity. So they are looking longer term. At this stage, we've really been trying to pull people back and just say, wait. Yes. Because as we said at the start, the fundamentals are gone in mm. the short term. Mm. It's on mm. fear. Mm. And on fear, it always lasts longer and goes further than what you think is rational. Yes. So that's what we're in. We're not going to try and pick a bottom here. Um, the market will tell us when it's time to make that switch with the data. So we'll do that. So so really what we're looking for, when does the market roll back to rational thought and focusing on fundamentals and valuations and all those sorts of things rather than the, the panic-driven fear at the moment? That, that's exactly right. And it's hard to see how it does that without tangible news on either drug relief so that the virus slowdown doesn't continue longer than Mm -hmm. what people are predicting Mm -hmm. or the fact that the central banks and the governments have got our backs so much that we don't need to be scared about businesses going broke in the in in the meantime on a mass on a mass level agree all right so look james i think we can pretty much leave that there for the moment um you know the one thing i'd say for all of life wealth is we we are absolutely here to have conversations with every client at any time with any questions they have this is this is you know this is effectively a bridge for us as well if you think about the theme of central banks and uh and, and governments 
it's just a bridge to get us through to the next stage of rationality. Um, I, I know how everyone here operates, how they think about our clients and you know our mission, which is peace of mind and happiness by understanding what matters most to clients. These are, these are days that do not happen very often. This is, this is the time when we, we actually, I guess, try, show our true mettle as financial advisors. And I know everyone here is really committed to just being there for our clients in any way possible that we can be. That's exactly right. If you're feeling uncertain or you want to have a chat about the strategy, please pick up the phone and have a chat with us. You said it spot on, just like the central banks need to build a bridge, we need to for our clients. But we're already starting to think about the offense we go on on the other side of the bridge. We're not there yet, but we want to be ready for it, and um, and we will be. Fantastic. Thanks very much for your time today. Um, uh, I hope everyone got some value out of this uh, podcast. And again, we, we are here. We're available to talk. We're available to chat. Whatever your concerns are, whatever your questions are, we're, we're happy to pick up those conversations. Um, let's leave that there. Thank you, James. And uh, we will, uh, we will uh, talk shortly. Thanks, Jason.